0: by for action. Greenville, Green I am on a battle station. Anything can happen in the next hour. <laughs>
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show. My name's Armitage, and over the course of the next hour, I'll be playing the music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. <laughs> I'm going to start this week's show off with two oldie, wood, goldie tracks. First up, it's going to be John Lennon and Whatever Gets You Through the Night from his Walls and Bridges album that features Elton John, who hasn't been in the news recently, which will swiftly be followed by The Damned and Politics, taken from the band's second album, Music for Pleasure. Facts you're already aware of. (laughs) Linking Lennon and The Damned is on the B-side of New Rose, The Damned Covered Help. And as they played it twice as fast, they tried to pay only half the royalties. True story. I know I banged on about Record Store Day on last week's show, but I'm going to bang on about it again. I met up with Tom from the Phobics on Monday at the Black Halos gig, more about that later, and I asked him if he'd purchased anything on said day. His answer was pretty much like mine, a resounding no. No and that he didn't even venture out of his house. I did, well, my house obviously not his, only to visit my local laundrette as I'd broken our washing machine. I crammed in far too many towels, broke the bearings, and the housings they sat in. I've discovered that laundrettes have their own social circle. It was like being in a soap, pun intended, and in stereotypical mode the goth lady next to me had two washes on one towels which were all deep crimson red and the other for her clothes which were all black and i mean all black anyway as tom pointed out on record store day labels seem to release things that uh, we've already got Uh, as i've just played the damned i'm going to use them as a case in point for record store day let them eat vinyl Released 35 Years of Anarchy, Chaos and Destruction Dash, 30th Anniversary, Dash, Live in London Volumes 1 to 3 Each volume on a different coloured record In my panic, with my mind racing I thought it was a different gig on each LP Either the dam's first gig at the 100 Club Which is available on the Play at Your Sister Box Set Not the Captain's Birthday with uh, John Moss Or the Live at the BBC Concert for Volume 1 Volume 2, Live at Shepperton the alternate mix and the final volume would probably be Tickety Nightmare no 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 it was the live at the roundhouse gig recorded in 2011 that's a 35 year tag spread over three records the CD of which I bought directly after the gig and if you wanted all three you wouldn't have seen much change out of 75 quid if you could find one 100 on eBay Uh, it should have been something rare something unreleased and can we have something other then the 40th anniversary pressing of New Rose come October. Talking to vinyl, the series of the same name has just finished, and I really enjoyed it. Great script, and the attention to detail that normally in this situation uh, isn't that high up on the list of priorities was spot on. The series is exactly what you would expect. The New York music scene to have been like in the mid 70s drugs, groupies, booze and gangsters the house band of the series were the fictitious nasty bits that get signed to American Records subsidy alibi at the moment there's only one volume of the music from soundtrack however the track I'm going to play you isn't from the LP but it's the song that the nasty bits played on the last show opening up for the New York Dolls and getting arrested in the process this is Woman Like You Ah! generation that'll be jesse mallin danny sage harry pyro richard backus and michael wildwood will on the 29th of july release their first album in 17 years nothing is anywhere which comes out on bastard basement records preceding it though is the customary single which in this case is the semi-autobiographical apocalypse kids which uh, goes something like this Apocalypse Kids up on Suicide Hill Watching the
0: girls playing video games And working all winter with the weed paste boys I stood at the toll gate, interstate highway Pondered the wasteland west of the Hudson Sirens spinning for the ones who had too many sodas. Well, my boots never fit me quite right And they stole my jacket too to drive for a fistful The shadow soul.
1: seem to be in a bit of a new york city mode i'm going to move over to finland and the 69 eyes and stiff and johnny taken from their just released yesterday album universal monsters yes i know stiff beta came from cleveland Hawkwind have just released a new album in the shape and form of The Machine Stops. Hawkwind might not be as fashionable these days as they were in their 1970s heyday, but they've never been unpopular. Even the acid and raves addicts of the 90s were into them. The last Hawkwind I purchased was um, Electric Teepee, which came out in 1992, and I still have a major soft spot for 1981's Sonic Attack LP. I suppose the band should be filed under cult status. I've only seen them three times, once up at Crystal Palace Bowl in 1985 supporting Vera Lynn, I kid you not, with Lemmy and Stacia joining the band on stage. It was only £2.50 to get in and baking hot if I remember. Uh, the second time was at uh, Hammersmith Odeon in the late 80s with uh, the final time in Cardiff in, uh, early, uh, in the early 90s when Johnny Moped was, even though special guest forced to open the gig. Yesterday, yesterday being the 22nd of April, future and non-Wall Rock Radio listeners, Hawkwind played the Assembly Halls in Islington, and I'm led to believe, as I didn't go, played the whole of the Machine Stops album, which is, as you probably guessed, a concept album, uh, which is based on E.M. Forrester's story of the uh, same name. i never heard of it, let alone read it. However, after a quick Google search, coupled with Malcolm Dome's review in the latest Classic Rock, I can report that Hawkins stick closely to Forrester's story, uh, which is set in a post-apocalyptic world where humanity lives underground and relies on giant machines to provide their needs, predicting new technologies such as uh, instant messaging and the internet. Considering this was written in 1909, you wonder what Forrester was on. Or maybe not. Obviously, it's an album that needs to be played in one sitting. Or in my case, walking to and on the way back from getting my haircut last Saturday. Three inches I had taken off. And did anyone notice at my day job? No. Mind you, I had let it go so long that I was in danger of tucking it into the back of my jeans. So three inches is hardly noticeable. And I was listening to it on my X duo X3, pocket music player. No. I haven't had my external drive and the two or 120 gigabyte micro SD cards returned, but I found an old 2 gigabyte card that I use for said purpose. Anyway, it's the first two tracks from the album, All hail the Machine and the Machine.
0: eternal. Blessed is the machine. Blessed is the machine. All this is as if a god made the machine. But you must remember that men made it. Great men, but men all the same. The machine is much, but it is not everything. There is something like you on the screen, but you are not seeing. There is something that sounds like you, but you are not heard. In time, there will come a generation that has got beyond facts, beyond impressions. A generation absolutely colourless. A generation seraphically free from the taint of personality. The machine. All now
1: Artist releases a live or covers album. it normally means that some sort of contract fulfilling lackluster affair this isn 't the case with ace freely's origins Volume one obviously steamhammer forward stroke s p v will be taking deliverance of volume two at some point. Ace' has, uh, recorded an album of covers that um, have influenced him over the years. Like the Helicopters head off, the songs could quite easily be Ace Freely originals. Obviously, in this instance, picking well no tracks keeps the game away a bit. Uh, However, one song that doesn't work so well, even with the help of Slash, is Thin Lizzy's Emerald Isle. Ace sounds like he's trying to sound like Phil, and like fails. Should have had Ricky Warwick guest in, or just sing it as Ace Freely. The most interesting guest musician joining Ace is Paul Stanley, On Freeze, Fire and Water. Ace and Paul haven't actually played together since Kiss's 1998 album Psycho Psychos. I know Kiss is a global business empire, but if Tommy Taylor was ever to issue a solo album, actually he might have done for all I know, uh, the only reason he'd have uh, either Gene or Paul guessing on it would be uh, to boost sales. Not so Ace. Origins Volume 1 is a great, flawed, for all the right reasons, album. Just... Don't bank on seeing him live anytime soon. The track I've selected for you is his duet with Lita Ford of the Trog's Wild Thing. <laughs> Sure. I was going to play Rotten to the Core from the new Lita Ford album, Time Capsule, as Gene Simmons plays bass on it, and it follows on nicely from Lita Guessing with Ace. But I was, uh, as I was queuing it up, uh, I felt like I was just playing it for the sake of it, and you know, because it's new and the interconnectedness. I wasn't feeling the love. So I'm going to play this instead. Get off the jails, motherfucker!
0: If you wanna keep a rockin' till the morning comes, let me be
1: version of kick out the jams which was recorded for german tv even if michael davis had left by then here's the black bullets with their latest tuneet firefly the band are doing live rounds at the moment so check them out on facebook to see if they're playing your neck of the woods the next time i'll be catching them we'll be up at the barfly opening for warrior soul and the main grains on june the 3rd As you're probably aware, I've been to a great many gigs over the yeah, over my concert-going lifetime, which started at the Fairfield Halls with Cliff Richard, who was touring to promote his I'm Nearly Famous LP in 1976. Come on, it's got Devil Woman on it. Uh, I've seen Metallica with Cliff, well, that's Burton obviously, and not Richard. Uh, the Ramones with Dee Dee, Motorhead with Filthy Phil and Fast Eddie, big and major label bands in small venues. I've flown to New York City to see the Backyard Babies, Queen, Shrine and Mike Ness over the course of three days. Flown straight back, unpacked, jumped on a train to see the original lineup of Black Sabbath at the Astoria, watched the dam from the side of the stage on my 40th. But when asked what my all time favourite live gig has been, I always answer without hesitation Cinderella at Hammersmith Odeon, 19th of January 1991. However, after seeing the Black Halos last Monday, I'm now not so sure. I first saw them at the Falcon in Camden on the 17th of August, 1999, opening for the Helicopters and Murder City Devils, where I had been unreliably informed that one of their guitarists had been in Finnish band Smack. So went from Rich Jones to Jay Millett to be greeted with a a rather bewildered look, uh, followed by, no, cheers, Pilly. The band seemed to uh, go their separate ways in August 2009 after the release of the second List album, We Are Not Alone, in 2008. Not before a gig at the windmill in Brixton was booked for the 17th of April 2007 and subsequently cancelled. Although, every few years after the split, rumours surfaced that the band were all set to reform, with even a Spanish tour, or at very least a date booked, only for things to go very quiet. So it was great news that in December last year, it was officially announced that Jones and vocalist Billy Hopeless were going to reform the Black Nose, with a Spanish tour with a one-off London date at the Black Heart for Rich's birthday. And... And... Two new tracks under the Black Halos moniker were to be recorded and released in February this year, which it duly was. The role models were announced as special guests for the Camden gig with social media clambering for the hit priest to be added, which duly happened. Now, I don't know whether it was because the stars were aligned or the Halos had the best support line-up since the Copters at the Falcon... But when the band hit the stage, with Billy looking like a cross between Stiff Beta and Dr. Frankenfurter, and Jones, even with a knackered back, jumping around like he was trying to get off some hot sand, I was completely blown away. Hearing those songs again, in some cases for the first time, was, and I'm not ashamed to say, magical. A hot, sweaty club is the best place to hear rock and roll, and with the added bonus of a three-song encore that comprised of the Dead Boys Ain't Nothing To Do, Juice From Chris and with Nathan Von Cruz from The Hit Priest joining the band for The Misfits Where Eagles Dare I Couldn't Have Asked For Anything More. Just don't ask me what the best gig I've ever been to is. For fun now and- you a lot this week. Thanks as always for tuning in. This has been episode 496 of the Paranoid School Rock Show. My name's Armitage and until next week, take it easy, especially if you're a celebrity.